Into the job of head coach of the, the Sydney Sirens this year. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Thanks, Dave. Um, yeah. Well, I first started playing inline hockey uh, back in the day when I was a bit younger. Like started about seven or eight from watching the Mighty Ducks. Really. Um, my brother had it on VHS, and yeah, just went to a couple of birthday parties, saw some guys playing it, and I was like, yeah, I want to do this. Um, then yeah, started playing ice hockey at about fourteen with Blacktown Flyers as Dave would know, because uh, he had Brian there and Kale and all those little young ones running around trying to keep up with all of us, making a, a mess. Um, and yeah, then just started playing East Coast, played a bit of AI here and there, and got a chance with uh, the North Stars this year, or last year with Johnny, which has been good. Um, and yeah, just wanted to then, I guess, just return the favour to what, the coaches offered me when I was growing up and give everyone the opportunity to learn what I learned and to be able to play state and go overseas and play for Australia. And just wanted to pass that on really. So to start coaching, uh, Canterbury was my first club that I started coaching at. Then I moved over to the flyers where Dave's also at. He's the coordinator, aren't you Dave? Coaching coordinator. And then yeah, coach the flyers women's team. And before that, just previously, I was an assistant coach with the Sirens uh, when they won their first gold medal. And so maybe I was a bit of good luck. And then, yeah, just this year, that just happened. Um, coaching opportunity came up and I just wanted to expand and get out there a little bit more and see what I could do and just sort of fell in my lap and ran with it, really. Had a pretty cool. good team and, yeah. Yeah, so what's the what's the process like in, in going for that job? Obviously, you were there as an assistant previously, but is, is it pretty rigorous? Is it an interview process, or did they have that much familiarity with you that, like you said, it literally landed in your lap? How, how did that come about? Um, oh, well, I still had to apply for it like everybody else. Um, I probably had a little bit of a maybe an, an inside edge on it, just previously coaching the team or helping out. And from coaching the women's teams, I knew a lot of the girls already and what they could do, I guess, which sort of helped. But um, funnily enough, I was at an inline hockey tournament and one of the Ice Hockey New South Wales members was there, uh, Stacey Scrimshaw, and we sort of had a bit of an interview there and, yeah, uh, got the job and, yeah, rest is sort of history. Nice, nice. So for those who aren't familiar with... Um the AWHL, obviously the, the biggest competition in, in Australia and um, essentially the women's version of the AIHL. Um, but for those who aren't familiar, take us through what a weekend on the road looks like at the AWHL level for these players. Uh, well, yeah, I guess like it's pretty similar in regards to having a 
travel interstate to play those other teams. Um, early mornings, heading down to the airport, as you would already know, which is sometimes a bit tougher than usual. Um, and then you have two games during the weekend, just like the AI. So um, it, it's always usually the same team. Sometimes it's different teams for us when we play. But um, I guess just being a, a coach for it, though, you have to have a bit more awareness of your players and making sure that they're all on time and they've got their gear and the sticks are packed correctly and that sort of stuff. Whereas being a player, you just sort of chuck your bag on and, walk through to the Maccas, right? So um, that's probably a little bit of a different thing. Just, yeah, being organized and then then you got to worry about hotels and transport. So definitely a new experience for me, but it was good to have like a team manager that had done it before and he was experienced with it and he took a lot of the work off my shoulders. Yeah. And with those two games, um, I guess the second game is often super early in the morning. Is that right? Yeah, it is. So it's not like ours where we get a bit of a sleep in, um, strapped for a bit of time and the girls have to back it up, which can be tough for them. Um, but they're pretty used to it by now, a lot of them. And with what the league... Puck drop? What, what are we talking? Uh, well, Saturday night's usually like a four or five o'clock game. And then for the Sunday morning, it could be like 9am, wow. I believe, during the season. Um, and it's a bit tough sometimes when you're in, obviously, Perth a completely new um, hour for the girls and they're not used to that. So that's always tough. Also getting accustomed to that difference in the time zone. Yeah. So I guess with that quick turnaround, what's it like, you know, obviously you've got to, uh, you know, talk to your players, talk to your other coaches, have a meal, unwind a little bit, and then you want to prep for that next game. Do you find you're doing most of your prep that night? with such a quick turnaround or are you getting up super early to do it before the game in the morning? Uh, no, yeah, definitely organizing it the night before. So we'd always go for dinner as a team afterwards. And then pretty much for me, it's straight onto the YouTube channel and watching the game if, and just checking all the notes that we have and yeah, just letting the girls know like what's going to be happening for the next morning, like with regards to breakfast um, who's playing in regards to the goalies. And we pretty much split it this year between our goalies. We had two of the best in the country, which was really handy. Um, so that made things easier. Yeah, nice. So I guess, you know, I'm really curious as to someone who steps in as a first year as a head coach at the National League level. Um, and obviously you had a lot of success, which we'll get to later on. But was there, was there anything in particular that you implemented yourself as a news coach coming in to change the culture or just organizationally things that didn't exist before? Um, well, with myself, I guess the first thing for me was to be a bit more organized and be more planned. When I was just coaching at the club level, you could sort of wing it a little bit, but I had a bit of advice from Andrew Reynolds, who's with Ice Hockey New South Wales and coached a ton of teams and the Sirens, I believe as well. And he said to make a yearly plan. And that was probably the first thing that I had to really organize. And then at the start of the season with the girls, we had a team meeting and said, look, this is how it's going to be with a few things. And not everyone could commit to certain things. And we had those conversations with them that, look, we need you to be there for these certain things. But at the same time, you're not going to get like the girls traveling up from Canberra or Mel Matheson from Newcastle 
being able to make every session. So there were things we had to say, look, this is fine, but this is not. And yeah, it was a bit of a change, I guess, to the system for the girls having me come in last minute as well. Um, but I think the thing for me was just to try and draw that line of yeah, being their friend at the same time, but also being their coach and hoping they could come to me for any questions they had on or off the ice. So, yeah. So would you say that's one of the biggest things, um, just kind of them being present for certain things, whether it be practice or team events that maybe didn't exist before? Um, I still think it existed before, but it was just a matter of if the girls could make it, then they had to be there. And just to, yeah, just that hundred percent commitment when you are there really, like once you're on the ice, like paying attention, giving a hundred percent, that sort of stuff every time. That's awesome. So in saying that, you know, you had to, you know, you want to be their friend, but you're also the head coach. Um, sometimes you got to throw the hammer down. I guess, you know, if you would ask a player now, um, and you could predict their answer, what's it like to be coached by Jaden Ryan, um, a player who's gone through your team? Um, if they had to kind of describe you, hopefully it's all positive, but uh, what do you think some of those staples would be? Yeah, fingers crossed it is. Um... I think at first, well, some of the feedback I got, I was pretty, I guess, maybe a bit too lenient at the start because I was a bit nervous. Um, but I think as the season went on, we're able to just really get down to the nitty gritties of it. And I guess I tried to earn their respect, I would hopefully say. Um, and they would, yeah, I'd say just earning their respect was probably the big thing that hopefully I got out of it and that they learnt, just learn a few things, just how to play the game a little bit differently. Yeah. Yeah, nice. So on that, how they played the game, is there, uh, talking tactics now, is there a team tactic that you implemented that um, you could put to the reason why you had such a successful year? Um, like, yeah, what was one of the things that you, you implemented as a team that, that really worked for you guys? Um, well, our team, I think, had probably the best group of skaters throughout the whole lineup. And... So we were trying to be obviously really aggressive in our four checks with like a two, one, two, really trying to close that off down low on the, the other defending teams. And then the other thing, which I've heard from you is that swarm defense. So really trying to isolate that puck carry with two people outnumber them. And then we're just getting and going North and South, not trying to worry about that East and West sort of play. And I think that's just what helped us that transition game, turning those pucks over, getting back into their end and, Scoring goals. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm a big believer in that. Um, particularly, like you said, on a team where you have really good skaters and you can you can just kind of create organized chaos and outnumber the other team, particularly in your own end. But um, I guess with your two one two four check, is that something you guys stayed in the whole year? Did you ever have to come out of that, or or was that just a staple? Uh, no, we would have definitely switched to a one two two depending on the score or um, if they have a certain line out there and they're trying to be aggressive and trying to score on us. But I think for the most part, we had the aggressive forecheck going for most of the time. Nice. And uh, with the, I'm a big fan of the two one two, um, and there's obviously multiple different ways you can run it. But uh, in my eyes, with the two one two, you're really trying to get after the defenseman and you can cheat that second player either doubling up on the puck carry or cheat them toward 
the other defensemen so there's no D to D there. So they have to be rushed up the wall um, or throw a D to D where your partner's there ready to pounce. Where do you find, when that's working well for you guys, where did you find most of the turnovers coming from? Was it directly on that first kind of defenseman that you're forcing with the two players or were they throwing it to you up the wall or where, I guess, where exactly was the turnover coming from? Yeah, I'd say it was happening on that first defenseman uh, that they were rushing at. And then if the puck was getting rimmed, our defense were good enough to step up or our centerman was smart enough to cut off that extra pass that they're making and just close it off in that one side of the rink. The main thing was so that they couldn't transition over to the other side and get out of the zone was our main thing, really. So you're really trying to cut the ice in half and, and force them up the strong side? Yeah, where the traffic was, and then that's where we're getting our turnovers or either putting the puck back in if we needed to. Nice. So I guess that being said, with, with, with that skill or, or any of the tactics you sorry, with that tactic or any of the tactics you use, what are some of the skills that, that were key to that? And and how did you kind of put, put them into your practices all the time? Yeah. Uh, well, I, th I think the two main things is really that skating. If your team can't get in there and skate, then the two-on-two is not going to work. And then it all comes down to communication with the girls. So just identifying who they need to take. And then it's just those one percenters after that. So sticks on the ice, sticks on puck, sticks on stick, playing a bit of body where they can, legally, of course. Um, yeah, I think just that spatial awareness as well on the ice. Nice. So a lot of skating in your practices? Yeah, uh, did a lot of uh, edges at the start of every practice, which the girls probably hated it, hated it, but definitely paid off for them, I think. And yeah, we just try to keep the girls moving. We have a large number of girls at Liverpool Ice Rink, which isn't the biggest. So just trying to keep them warm, keep them moving is the main thing. And then when you go down to Melbourne, which is a large ice surface, you've got to be able to change your game and be able to skate on that one. Yeah. Yeah, really key. So obviously the women's game, you know, is, is deemed non-contact or no checking, I should say. But for anyone who's seen a women's game, particularly at the national level, it's, it's really physical, really fast. Um, I guess how much room do you give your players a practice to be physical and, and, and to mix it up a little bit? Like you say, you want them getting in their fast, stick on park, stick on stick, um, and, and being as physical as they can. Do you give them a green light for that at practice amongst themselves as well? Oh, of course, within reason. Um, you don't want them to go out and hurting their own players, but at the same time, you want them to compete so that they can better themselves in the long run. And then when you're playing those other teams, they're not going to hold back once you're on the ice, um, especially against like Melbourne's always a tough physical game. The girls step up for that one, which is good. Um, I think there was even a bit of a fight this year between one of our players and uh, Perth actually. So yeah, if they're, if they're sticking up for themselves and they're playing hard and competing, I don't have an issue with it. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Practice like a player, right? Yeah. So I guess thinking back, um, is there any key moments that really stick out the season just gone that really helped you gain buy-in or build trust amongst the players toward the coaching staff and yourself? Like any big moments in particular that stick out? Um, I think one of the toughest things we had to deal with this year was we had a lot of injuries to our defensemen. Uh, Remy Harvey got hurt. 
Holly McFadden was hurt for a little bit. And then Sarah Edney, our import assistant captain, went back home for a bit. So the girls, um, some of them had to play different positions that they probably weren't used to. We had some of our reserves step up. And I think we all just then gelled as a team and we proved to the other teams that we don't like need to be 100% to still compete and still win games. The girls proved it themselves that they can step up and still take on anyone, which was really good to see. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, looking at your, your team's stats, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it says here you guys went eight wins, uh, one regulation loss, uh, an overtime win and an overtime loss. Is that correct? Or thereabouts? Yes, yeah. Yeah. So essentially only two losses on the year. What's it like working with a team uh, that routinely wins games and I guess is if you're not happy with the game but they got the win is that okay or I guess it's easy when a team loses right to say okay here are the teaching points because it's very obvious yeah Uh, how do you continue to get the team better when even though they may not be playing their best they're still getting the result when just peeling off wins away your team did yeah um it is a tough thing the New South Wales girls are quite used to that winning mentality and it's about trying to keep them grounded, I guess. And just when you win that Saturday game, it's still saying, Hey, we still got one more game here. Like just keep your head cool, that sort of stuff. But at the same time, at the end of the day, if you win the game, like you get those three points, but I think there was one game this year, we won 10, nine against Perth. So there was no defense played at all. And that's probably the one thing we really tried to focus on a little bit more was that, defensive aspect of our game with the swarm the neutral zone regroups that sort of stuff because the girls can put the puck in the net there's no question there so it was just that other end of the ice that we had to pay a bit more attention to yeah yeah nice gee i tell you what Jaden, it's a good record uh that you're able to muster up with that team and then as first year head coach to walk away with the joint mccown trophy um that must have been an awesome feeling I guess, oh. can you take us through that, what it was like to win, especially, like I said, in your first year as head coach? Oh, it was, it was unbelievable, man. Um, I would have to give credit to the team, though. Like, so many good players on that team got us through it. And the assistant coaches that I had, Donald McDonald and Kaylee White, really brought the team together as well, with Donald really focusing on our goalies, Kaylee being in charge of our defense. So have to put all the credit through to them as well. And it goes down to like the physio and the team medic, them helping out too. But yeah, oh, when that, that final finished, man, I was, I had to sit down on the bench. I didn't know what to do. It was, it was unbelievable. And I'd go through it all again like that, just without thinking about it really. So yeah, it was a huge highlight for being my first year. Might've been a bit of luck, but a bit of skill as well, hopefully. Absolutely, absolutely. You've set the bar really high for, for next year. So you mentioned your assistant coaches there. Um, Don, uh, a goalie coach, well-renowned in Australia. And like you said, working mainly with your goalies. But uh, it, it was Kayla, right? Your other uh, Kay- Kaylee White. Kaylee, sorry. Kaylee, a former player. Um, and she ran the D. How much, working with Kaylee, how much latitude do you give her with the defenseman? Um, I guess, what's the communication between you guys and then her and the defence? Yeah, um, I guess 
we sort of had a, like our system in place in regards to the swarm defense. And the main thing was really, I guess, that neutral zone regroup. We really wanted to um, make sure that was 100%. But for her, she's played defense for years. She's played for Australia. She's done it all, right? So she can pick up on those little things that the players see. Um, and she pretty much had a green light to talk to them and coach them where she needed. I probably could have used her and Don a little bit more at practices. And that's something I'm going to try and work on this year. Once we get back on the ice, hopefully. Um, but yeah, in regards to that, she would have her two players ready to go up in our pairs. If I saw something different about who they were putting out, then we make the changes accordingly, but everyone got a chance to play. I feel. Right. So with that, in that league, are you doing much line matching? Um, at home versus on the road or, or are you kind of with a team as good as what you had are you kind of just rolling the lines? Tried to roll the lines where we could but there was definitely certain situations whether it's power play penalty kill we have certain defence going out against their top lines as every other team has imports as well and sometimes they're all on at once so we just had to be mindful of that but at the same time we could trust all of our players to do the job if needed so yeah we we, we did match where we could, depending on that home ice advantage. Yeah, nice. All right, mate. Well, I got three final questions for you here uh, before we wrap this up. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of uh, teaching through video myself. Just wondering uh, how much video do you do with your team and, and what video technology do you use to, to cut and operate video with your, with your players? Uh, so... I didn't have much access to the TV. Like really, if I was getting something, it was off YouTube and I was using my iPad, iPhone, Mac just to record it. And then if it's, whether it's for a particular player or if it's for a whole line or if it's for the whole team, just sharing that with them and then just opening up that discussion really. So if they think something different, we talk about it. Like, I'm not going to say this is what you should have, should have done. Um, yeah, just being open communication is what I try and have with the players if I see something and just getting their thoughts on it as well. So when you say YouTube, is sometimes that just on your phone? Like kind of yeah. traveling with the players or? Yeah, beyond, like if it's during the game, game, after the game, the next morning, that night, just trying to have those chats as soon as possible while it's still fresh. And then using it also later in the year if we're playing that team again or at practice. Nice. Um, and are there any on-ice apparatuses you guys use for skill development? Like, I know on NSA, we've started implementing the edge bus stuff, which is excellent. There's cones, tires, and all that. Is there anything you guys pull out for, to do your skill work? Or, or um, We don't have the access to that sort of edge stuff. So if there's hopefully a, a bit of team funding this year with some sponsors we might be able to bring on, then that could be something we can definitely do. But otherwise, yeah, it was using sticks and cones, pucks, just trying to be creative with what we had. Um, extra nets, that sort of thing at practices. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it can be anything, right? Like broken sticks, like you said, chairs. I've seen a lot of folding chairs out there where pucks are going under them. Yeah. Um, make do with what you have. I like it. Uh, and then the last one here, you're a pretty uh, fashion forward guy. I guess these days, what's the fashion go to on the bench for a head coach? Um, do you go full suited up? Do you go peacoat? What do you, what do, you do? 
Uh, first weekend, I wore the suit. Um, but I try, I want to be like calm and casual and I don't want to be like too stressed in what I'm worried about myself. So just some nice pair of jeans or pants and some nice shoes. And then we had some team polos. So, um, as long as we're all looking the same part, I think for the management, that's probably the main thing, really just a smart casual look is what I like. No hats though. No hats. I was told no hats. That's a good rule, mate. People are professional. Yeah. Um, well, that's excellent, mate. I guess you guys are fortunate with the uh, AWHL as far as you start very late in the year compared to the AIHL and um, national tournaments and things like that. How confident are you that there'll be a season this year? Uh, with the talks that we've had and with now these restrictions easing up of us being able to train and hopefully playing in July, it's looking very promising. But that being said, we're still a few months away from there. We've got to have tryouts first. And I think it's just, yeah, still planning it all in regards to the travel because of the airline restrictions to the other states. Um, but yeah, it's definitely in the talks and trending in the right direction, I think. Awesome. Well, fingers crossed, mate. It'd be, uh, it'd be great to see you guys hopefully repeating. Um, and from all the video, yeah, fingers crossed. And for all the video I, uh, I've seen, you know, I really want to get down and catch some more games live this year. It's it's really good hockey. It's really structured hockey. And like you said, the girls are just flying around. So um, I think even for, for the male game, there's lots we can learn because they, they just execute things so well. And they're such good skaters, such good hockey players. So hopefully uh, catch you there. For everyone else, thanks for tuning in. We have recorded this with Jaden uh, so more people can get it. We want to expand this group next week, next Wednesday, same time. Um, I think it's a new link, but we'll email out to you. We have Andrew Petrie that's going to join us um, and go through the same things. So we hope you can all join us next Wednesday and uh, head coach of the Ice Dogs, Andrew Petrie. Um, and like I said, just share this with any coaches in your club, anyone you think might get some value from it. There's no, um, there's no exclusivity or, or limit on this. You want to get as many people involved as possible. So, Jaden, thanks again, mate. I really appreciate it. And everyone else, thanks for, for listening in. Uh, hopefully we all uh, we all learn something and got a little bit better. Yeah, thanks for having me, Dave. Really appreciate it. And if you need me for other weeks, let me know. Cheers, we'll do. Thanks, Jada. All right, thanks, guys. See you, boys. Thanks, guys. Take it easy.